uh, I always talk about I have three friends left. I don't know about you, but Swanner, Yancey, and Saunders. And for some reason, we called each other by our last names. Uh, and this Swanner is a friend of mine that I was raised with. Uh, we were raised in church together. Uh, in fact, the night at Vacation Bible School that I was saved, uh, Swanner was saved. Right beside me, we were sitting next to each other. Um, we ended up moving, and we lived down the street from them. There was a house in between us, so we were neighbors. We went to church together. We went to school together. Um, when I got, we got married about the same time, and in the course of time, when we had our first baby, Hillary, they had a girl. When we had our son, Byron, they had a son about the same time. When we had Hayden, our third child, they had a son. Now, they stopped there, and we went on and got Hannah. But anyhow, um, so we're not that close. Um, but Swanner called me that day, and I was driving. I probably had been to Wichita Falls or something. And uh, we only talk a couple times a year, you know, and, uh, but we kind of maintain our friendship. And um, I'll never forget, he told me, he said, their third child, uh, whose name is Stephen, he said, been having some health problems, and uh, he was probably a teenager at the time, maybe 16 years of age. And he said, um, he's been diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, I said, so where are y'all? And he said, we're in Oklahoma City. We started in Wichita Falls and ended up in, with doctors in Oklahoma City. And today they've come in to tell us. And maybe you kind of have to understand, I was raised with these guys. And these guys, there's only three people in the world I'm really afraid of showing up at church. And it's these three guys because anything that I've ever done, I was with them that I wasn't supposed to do. But I haven't always been a preacher. I want to tell you that, okay? So some of that somehow is washed in the blood and was before I was a preacher. Um, but uh, so we go way back and, um, and all I know to do, this is the reason I tell the story today, is uh, I remember it being Labor Day. And um, all I knew to do was to get home and to tell Amy and Hayden remembers this story I said Hayden I want you to go with us and all I knew to do was to go to Oklahoma City you kind of have to understand even though I was raised with these guys and they were always around anything bad I did I I became sanctified I'm joking uh, I became a preacher and so uh, some of these guys I, I even though I'm their peer I kind of serve in that function you know they they're in church and their pastors come and go but when we have weddings and we have things and funerals and all, then um, I, I sort of serve in that role in that little group of friends. And all I knew to do out of a friend's heart and a pastor's heart is I said, I, I have to go. I know it doesn't make any sense. On that Monday of Labor Day, Hayden, I think, was in high school. It had to be. So uh, all I knew to do was get in the car and go. And we drove, which is kind of insane. I don't know how many hours it is to probably six hours to... Oklahoma City, if you drive like Daryl Smith, maybe. And um, I remember going to the hospital, and 
we probably only spent an hour and I'm sure we prayed and we cried and um, and Swan and I generally don't, didn't cry together let's just be honest uh, but all I knew to do was to be there and we spent that hour whatever and we prayed and we drove home and I think about that story because what I realize on a far grander scale the God of the universe came to us in our time of need and he came in person he didn't send an angel he didn't send a prophet there was a point in history in which the God of the universe says I'm gonna become like you are and I'm gonna be with you this Christmas season I've been thinking about the names for Jesus and the kids spoke about this in their puppet presentation in the Old Testament in Isaiah 9 6 for unto you a child is born and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace but it's interesting to me if we read the story um, of when the first angel came to Joseph to announce that the child that his espoused wife was expecting would be the Messiah. And he, he did say that he was to call his name Jesus, but then it's interesting that he quotes not Isaiah 9, 6, any of those names, but he quotes, the angel does, quotes Isaiah 7, 14, that his name shall be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And he goes on to translate that in Matthew 1, the angel scripture translated, which means God with us. God with us, a Hebrew name or phrase that means God with us. And this Christmas season... I want us to focus upon that one name, Emmanuel, that God is with us. That I don't want us to miss the reality of the historical event that there was a point in time in which God said, we could look at Hebrews 1.1, that God in various and sundry ways has spoken in times past, but in these last days has spoken to us through a son. Jesus there was a point in human history that God said no I will come in flesh and I will be like you so that you will always know if you ever wondered will God be there for you God said I was there I showed up that's why the angel said even though he told his dad call him Jesus he quoted Isaiah 7, 14. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. My prayer as a pastor this Christmas season is that we would be gripped by the reality 
that God is with us. And that that reality would transcend all of our circumstances that overcome us. The other thing I thought a lot about this Christmas season is how the holidays heighten our circumstances in life. The holidays heighten. Uh, whether it's good or whether it's bad. It's like it, it's, it's all heightened. It's, it's hyped. <laughs> During the time of Thanksgiving and Christmas, the holidays. Uh, if things are good, you know, financially and relationships are good and family's good and health is good, then it's really good at Christmas time. And if that's your circumstances today, thank you for being here. You can leave now, okay? <laughs> I'm joking. I want you to stick around because I have a point for you at the end too. I'll just tell you where the pastor's heart is this Christmas season. Is I think about so many that uh, circumstances are not particularly good. I think about some of you that uh, this may be your first Christmas without a loved one in your life. Someone has passed away. Maybe someone's passed away recently. And uh, that reality dominates your mind this holiday season. Some of you, it may not be this Christmas, but Maybe it was during the holiday season that you lost a loved one. And the reality is, is every year now that you pass through this time, that's what you think about. Uh, there, may be, there may be relationship problems in your family. Maybe it's in your marriage, if we're just being real honest. Maybe it's the relationship between you and parents or you and your children or maybe your children aren't doing well or there's something going on and I'm just telling you the holidays just heighten all of that and uh, quite honestly all you can really think about is what's really not really as it ought to be this Christmas season maybe it's illness maybe there's a serious illness well let's just be honest today maybe your thought this Christmas is this is probably the last Christmas with this loved one. Um, and that's your circumstance. And it's a little overwhelming for me as a pastor to think about so many of those circumstances. But I think, I, I don't know. How do we... How do we get through this season of the year in which everything is so hyped? And my prayer is that somehow in the midst of that, that God, the God of the universe who said, I showed up in the midst of your life, that that God would fill our hearts with hope. That in the midst of our despair 
that he would bring us peace. In the midst of our depression, he would bring us joy. In the midst of our brokenness, that he would bring redemption. Because of the reality of Christmas that God said, in the midst of your life, I showed up. I'm, I, if you ever wondered, is God going to be there? No, he is there. He was there. He showed up. He is Emmanuel. Of all the names that the angel could have said, yes, call his name Jesus. But the prophecy was that he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. At Christmas, we celebrate that God became like us to be with us. God became like us to be with us. John 1.14. Brother Steve, I'm way off script. I'm just... Yeah, I'm just way off script today. Let's just be honest. He doesn't even know where I'm going. We may end up at Easter before we're finished this morning. No, we're not. We're going to stick on Christmas. I have notes. I really do. And there was a plan this morning. And Now this is what we're doing. John 1.14. That great statement in which John says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word that was in the beginning with God, that was with God, and was God. I think of that Old Testament that God sent His Word through the prophets, through angels. He sent messages. But John said, no, 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 no. There was a point in history that the Word became flesh. He became like us. It's one thing for me to call Swanner in Oklahoma City and say, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. It's another thing for me to show up. And I'm telling you, Jesus, God, through His Son Jesus, showed up and He became like us. Flesh. Jesus experienced hunger, loneliness, tiredness, pain. Hebrews 4.15 says he, he was tempted in all ways like us that he might be a great and sympathetic high priest so he would know what we've been through because he showed up in the midst of our lives. He became like us, but he came to be with us. Uh, actually, a, a word that I will, I want you to know is the word incarnation. To say that Jesus came in the flesh, kind of the theological phrase that we use, it's got to be a Latin phrase, the incarnation, that he became flesh. We'll talk more about that next week. He became like us, but he came to be with us in very humble circumstances. I, I got to wondering, why did Jesus, why did God send Jesus 
2,000 years ago. Why was that the point in history? Well, and I don't really know. I ask the question, and then the preacher just tells you with all my education. I don't know. But what I do know that it was a dark day. What I do know is that if you look at the Old Testament, the last prophet in the Old Testament is Malachi. Dates in the 400s B.C. You know what I know is for 400 years there had been silence from God. That's far longer than America has been in existence. No word from God. And I know in the midst at the end of that time that oppression came to God's people and the Romans came and overtook them. In fact, when you read the Bible story from Luke of the Christmas story, because Caesar Augustus, Brother Ted, Luke chapter 2, Caesar Augustus orders them to pay taxes and to be counted, there was a controlling government that says this is what you will do and this is what you won't do. There was an occupying force that God's people lived in silence and oppression. It was a dark day. And it reminds me that Jesus, God didn't send Jesus in the midst of the glory days to ride in the glory. No. When it seemed the darkest, God said, I'm coming. And I'm going to come. And it was in our devotional book that we're reading that uh, it was, maybe it was this morning's, that Mary the mother lays him in a feeding trough. And O.S. Hawkins talks about, he's in a barn. There's dung on the floor. It's maybe squishy. Sorry, I'm, this is getting, no, I'm sorry, Justin. Stop it, Daryl, stop it. No, this is a mess. And that's, what God came in. Wasn't born in a palace. Don't ever think that, oh, God came, but, well, you know, he kind of, mm-hmm. he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was born to privilege. No, no, no. About as low and as simple as you could get, Jesus said, that's where I'm, I'm coming, and I'm going to become just like you. You'll never wonder whether I understand, because I do understand, because I came. I was there and the thing that strikes me about John 1:14 is that and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and that word means to tabernacle Jesus came to stay for 33 years he lived the life that we live so that we would know we have a sympathetic high priest for for us to never question did God show up yes I showed up I was there for you I want to close with one story and one scripture. Maybe a couple words of challenge. Okay. Three years ago, this time I was uh, training for a marathon, and uh, it was the big year, 2015. Maybe I had four kids that got married. Big year, January 1st. 2015 and brother Chris Quinto was our youth minister at the time and 
maybe he was running a little bit and he he asked me the days before the, I was supposed to run. I was running, running a marathon here in Huntington, 26.2 miles. doesn't matter if there's anybody else or there's awards given at the end or anything else. It's 26.2 miles. And uh, Brother Chris said, so what do you need from me? I said, well, no, I'm, I'm pretty much handled. You know, when I run in Huntington, I can sit out my waters and my little, Brother Shane, my little chews. And sometimes you want one of those little squeezy things and some, maybe a half a banana. But when you're running in Huntington, Texas, you can kind of set that all out the night before. And um, so if you see a water bottle up against a mailbox, don't take it. <laughs> it's there waiting on me when I get there. Stop it. No. That's only happened one time. And, I, you know, I told Brother Chris, I said, man, I'm, I think I've, I've ever, you know, the only thing I'm concerned about is the end. Because it can get ugly at the end. It's gotten so ugly for me that I've just quit. Let's just be honest. And I said, I'm really just concerned about that last stretch. And uh, I said, you know what? I think I want is I want you to now brother Shane showed up too he showed that was raining that morning and he brought me a, a, a rain jacket so he was there but I asked brother Chris I said would you would you run those last miles with me 23 miles so it's probably gonna get ugly and if you haven't been there you don't know but the distance becomes exponentially more difficult as your body just doesn't have anything left so I'll never forget it. January 1st, 2015. Uh, in fact, Melody, it was Lowry's Nursery, 1475, was where Brother Chris would meet me. That was, that's three miles from our house. And Courtney and the kids came by in the car and dropped off Brother Chris. And uh, I was about used up. And quite honestly, probably could have easily quit. And Brother Chris got out and he started running with me. And I was, to say I was running, was it was moving real slow about that time. It looked pretty, pretty much like a walk, but I considered it running. And Brother Chris just began to say to me, he said, no, you can do this. He says, you're going to make it. You're doing good. Just keep running. Just keep running. You can make it. And he just kept talking to me. And um, I, I think I shared this recently when he was here, and I've shared it to him before. I said, for me, he was the difference because he was there at the very end when it was the hardest. And I just needed somebody to tell me, you can do this and just keep running. And I'll tell you, I never, never, never run on 1475 that I don't think about that day. Because at the worst, the darkest, the hardest time, Brother Chris was there just telling me, no, you can do this. Just keep running. Uh, he kind of pulled off, I think, at the end and let me finish at my house by myself, but he was there. Um, there's two things I want to challenge, and I want to leave you with the Scripture. Is this Christmas season, if things are pretty good in your life, I want you to think about the people around you that that may not be the case. That 
them. Maybe it is the first Christmas since their loved one is, is gone. Or they're going through a difficult time. Maybe it's the first Christmas since a divorce or the loss of a child or a job or finances are not good or it's just, it's just a hard Christmas. Could I challenge you to be the body of Christ and to be there for them? You know, so much I realized, and I shared this several weeks ago, as a pastor, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't always know what to do. Sometimes it's a matter of just being there and just showing up and saying, I care. Uh, could I challenge you this Christmas that you be there for some people as a representative of Christ to say, no, he is there for you. And I've showed up <laughs> to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. But if this is a hard Christmas, or if all the Christmases from now on will be hard, my prayer as your pastor is that you would experience in the midst of your despair that you would experience peace. That only the Prince of Peace could bring that surpasses all understanding. That that peace would transcend your circumstances because you know that the reality of Christmas is God proved once for all I am there for you and when as a pastor I say oh then it's too great I don't know I don't know how to deal with that I don't know what to do with that the pain the loss the suffering and I say, God, can you be God? Can you bring peace in the midst of that? Will you be the Prince of Peace? And I just, that's, I want you to know that I, I pray for you this holiday season. That the peace that only comes from God would rest in your life. And you know, Emmanuel means that God is with us. And right now He is with us. What I realize is someday we will be with Him. And everything will be made right. And it will be a perfect place. Someday we will be with Him. He doesn't always change our circumstances in the here and now. And what He says is, I will be with you. I will be there. And he proved that by the reality of Christmas that he came. I want you to stand this morning. I want to leave you with a verse of Scripture. So Isaiah 41.10. We are not closing yet, but after the praise team comes up, I want us to join hands. So let the people, let the musicians through. I want us to join hands across the aisles as a statement of 
being together. And the scripture that I want to leave with you, and you see the references, Isaiah 41.10. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will, with, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10. And it's really those first two phrases that I want to be sealed in your mind. And I want to pray, and then we're going to have our time of invitation. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Father, um, we thank you for loving us enough to come yourself and to be there for us. And Father, I pray that you would intervene in our circumstances, in our heart, this season of the year. And we would experience hope and peace and joy that only you could bring. And so, Father, I pray that our greatest treasure and gift this Christmas will be your presence. And I pray that it would be powerful, particularly in the lives of those who need it the most. And that you would be our Prince of Peace. And I trust this to you in Jesus' name. You can let go of arms and 